This is Peter Rosenberger, and one of the reasons I wrote my new book, A Minute for Caregivers, is because I remember the sinking, despairing feeling of struggling as a caregiver. No one knew what to say to me. I didn't understand, and others didn't understand me. For decades, I foraged along and tried to find my path through this medical nightmare that Gracie and I have endured for nearly 40 years. And I've learned to speak the language of caregivers. I speak fluent caregiver. No pastor, no counselor, no medical provider, no friend should ever throw their hands up and say, I don't know what to say to that caregiver. Because I do. Give them a copy of this book. It's called A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day Feels Like Monday. They're easy to read, one-minute chapters that speak directly to the heart of a caregiver, and you can get them wherever books are sold. A Minute for Caregivers When Every Day feels like Monday. Friends don't let friends caregive alone. Well, this is a fine howdy-do, isn't it? I've been taking care of a woman who has the COVID-19, and now her doctors are saying there's no way that I don't have it. And they're going to test me on Monday. I've tested negative a month ago, but they're saying there's no way you could be in proximity to her like you are as a caregiver and not have it. And so we're going to test you on Monday with this new test that tells whether or not you have the antibodies. And then we want your blood if you do. I'm Peter Rosenberger. Welcome to Hope for the Caregiver. I am so thrilled to have you with us. 888-589-589. 8840-888-589-8840 if you want to be a part of the show, and we're glad to have you with us. This is the nation's largest radio program for family caregivers, and uh, for the last little over a month, I've been caring for my wife through this process. She got it. Uh, we think that she got it when she went to see a specialist in a city actually a couple hundred miles away from us. And it's uh, it's one of those things where we had to spend the night over there. This was in March. And, you know, it's just one of those things that happened. And evidently this thing is so contagious that, uh, you know, she picked it up over there. I have not been symptomatic for this except for a bad cough for, you know, a while. But then again, I, I get out and feed horses every day, too. And so it was like, okay, is this hay fever? Is this a cold? Is this the regular you know, life stuff, or is this whatever? So they tested me, and <clears throat> I came up negative. Um, but um, she, my wife, was talking to her doctor the other day, and Gracie's doing fine. I mean, she's really coming out of this thing now, and she's done well. She hasn't had to be hospitalized, and and I've taken care of her through this process. And you know, um, they said, well, she told him, she said, well, he has a headache every so often, and he gets tired. Well, I've been a caregiver for 34 years. That's part of the journey is having a headache and getting tired. And I've only had two headaches. Uh, but they're just convinced, 100% certain, that I've got the COVID-19, but that I've built up antibodies. So they're going to test me on Monday with this new Abbott test that has the, um, uh, you know, that you could tell whether they've got antibodies and so forth. And they're going to do that on Monday. And then they said, look, if you got them, we want your blood. And what that means is, is if they take stuff from me to distribute out to the masses, it means there's going to be a lot of people who have TV preacher quality hair. Oh, I'm just kidding. 888-589-8840. I've got a special guest on the phone that I wanted to have at the top of the hour here, and that is Melissa Strickland. She is the Senior Communications Director for Samaritan's Purse, and you've been reading a lot about what they're doing, and I wanted to have her here on the show and talk about this, talk about you know, her journey personally through this. She's also a caregiver, but also just what's going on with Samaritan's Purse. They're in Central Park, Louisiana, Tennessee, and all over the place that they're working on this. So, Melissa, good morning and welcome to the show. How are you feeling today? Oh, good morning. Well, I'm a little worn out, <laughs> to be perfectly I honest. I bet you are. Um, but I'm, I'm happy, happy to be on with you this morning. Well, now, you are where physically right now? I returned home to North Carolina uh, late yesterday, so I was in New York City for three weeks, 
with our team there at the emergency field hospital that we have set up to treat coronavirus patients. So um, right now I am isolated in a, in a corner of my home for 14 days uh, for my quarantine period. Well, I get it because I'm isolated myself. <laughs> and mm. um, as I've taken care of my wife who has it, and now they say I have it. Um, oh, so, my goodness. Oh, I'm so you know, sorry to hear that. Well, I mean, I'm not symptomatic. Um, I, I'm. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. She has been. Now, my wife's a high-risk individual. I mean, she's had mm. 80 surgeries, multiple pulmonary emboli, and multiple oh, MRSA wow. infections, both legs amputated. I mean, she, she's she's a high-risk individual. I didn't yeah. really have much in the way of symptoms other than I had a persistent cough. Mm. And uh, and so I've I've been, you know, thinking, okay, I, I didn't even have a fever. And, and so that's, that's been my journey with it. But now they're saying, okay, there's no way you could be in proximity to her like you are 24 seven as her caregiver and not get it. So we're going to test you on Monday with that new Abbott test. Did you guys have those tests? Those Um, five minute tests? We did not. Yeah, we, we did not uh, do any testing, um, on our site. Um, and so, uh, I have not, uh, been tested uh, like you, I have a high-risk individual in my home. My husband has multiple sclerosis. Uh, and so even going to New York and serving was a big decision for us. And uh, it took a lot of prayer uh, and just a feeling of peace that we both knew that we unanimously had to have so that uh, we would feel good about the decision to go. But in the end, um, he said, you know, this is what God is calling you to do. I feel that in my heart. Uh, this is what God has gifted you to do. And so uh, go, and uh, we will just um, pray that the Lord will protect our family and, and protect me through it. You know, I've had a statement, because Gracie and I have worked um, over in West Africa for years with our prosthetic limb ministry, uh, Standing with mm. Hope, and, and it's um, taking her over into Africa, you know, it's, that's, that's no, yeah. no small thing. And, but I've also come to the realize that we use common sense, you know, we're all, you know, equipped with some common sense here or, well, some are more than others, but evidently, but, uh, <laughs> but we follow good medical counsel. But then when you're on the King's business, your safety is the King's business. And that's, that's kind of the way we've, we've adopted that. It's just, okay, we're going to do everything in our power to be smart about this but then we trust God that he is going to work through these things providentially. Uh, we don't we don't put him to the test or do something stupid. But at the same right, time, we right. understand that, that risk is part of it, and this is, this is part of the journey. And so, uh, well, I know that did not come easy to you guys when you got on the plane and went to New York. Mm. That, that must have been a very difficult thing for you personally. It, it was a difficult thing. It was a difficult thing. You know, I, I travel, uh, I've been with Samaritan's Purse for 15 years, and I've traveled around the world, traveled to earthquakes and um, war zones and uh, you name it, uh, disasters uh, here in the United States, tornadoes and, and that kind of thing. And, and even as I travel, there's always some element of risk when you go into a disaster zone. Um, especially when it is a war zone or that kind of thing. But, but um, this was a different risk because uh, this one was one that I could possibly bring home. And that's a real different kind of thing, um, knowing that this is something that I could affect my family with. So it was a much bigger decision. What, um, were you, by the way, were you in Tennessee with the tornadoes? I was not in Tennessee. I have been with Samaritan's Purse on uh, many, many tornado responses, but not that one in particular. I used to, we used to live in Nashville. We just, we just moved out to Montana um, last mm. summer, but we were in Nashville for 35 years. And then we've had this stuff going on in Louisiana. The Samaritan's Purse has yeah. been there. Normally when you guys show up, you know, it, it is a, um, it is probably a very deeply moving thing because people are so devastated and, and to hear mm. and see friendly voices and faces come in in the yeah. name of Jesus, what you guys do, it's got to be deeply rewarding. But in New York, you guys have been met with some, some harsh responses, uh, not necessarily from the patients, but from the environment there to talk a little bit about that and what that, what that does to your heart and, 
And uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I yes and no. I would say that um, there has has there has been a small but very vocal group that has um, really waged war against us, and that was um, disappointing and hurtful uh, at the beginning because we just felt like we're just there to to help. Why why are you why do you hate us so much? Um, but ultimately, you know, we, we're bringing Jesus to Central Park. We, uh, you know, we are, we are there to share the love of Christ with people who are suffering. And so as Christians... Well, well hold that thought. We've got, to go, we've got to go to a quick break. Hold that thought. We're talking with Melissa Strickland from Samaritan's Purse. This is Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger, 888-589-8840. We'll be right back. Back to Hope for the Caregiver here on American Family Radio. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the nation's number one show for you as a family caregiver, and we are thrilled to have you with us. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. If you want to be a part of the show, we're talking with Melissa Strickland from Samaritan's Purse. She has been on the ground in New York as they've been battling against this virus and trying to minister to people in Jesus' name, and not just trying, do. And um, I wanted to have them on the show this morning just to talk about it. I was so moved when, in one of the president's um, press conferences, he was talking, they were asking about, you know, all the people of faith and so forth the president interacts with. And he was talking about Franklin, in particular, Franklin Graham. Yeah. And he said, uh, um, you know, this is a man who loves what he does. And then the president turned mm. and looked at the press and he said, and this is a man who loves Jesus. And I thought, yeah, that was a, that was just a profound moment. And, and I knew that you guys, Melissa, were getting pushback from this small, but very, very vocal group that just that's want right. to create trouble. And that's got to be difficult because you really are truly there to just help talk a little bit more about that. That's Sorry. Fine. I had to interrupt you to go to the break. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. It's, you know, it's heartbreaking because we have um, doctors and nurses in this hospital who are working 12-hour-plus shifts, uh, seven days a week, uh, who are pouring themselves out for these patients, providing top-notch medical care, showing incredible love and compassion to these patients. And um, they've come from, from all over the United States. And the reason the reason that they're there is their faith. Um, you know, like we talked earlier about, you know, praying and going, and uh, they've risked themselves because it's their it's their Christian faith that has compelled them to come when no one else will go. And um, to see them under attack like that is truly heartbreaking. But uh, but you know, not necessarily surprising because we know that when we bring the light of Christ uh, into any place, there's going to be opposition. The Bible uh, tells us that. The, 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 the first uh, disciples uh, experienced that, and so why should we be any different? Um, well, he, he experienced say, it. <laughs> yes, well, exactly, the ultimate example, right? The ultimate example. Yes. And so, um, you know, so it, it's hard to absorb, but... Um, but we have, through much prayer, um, just been able to walk one step at a time each day, in, and uh, and face that fire, uh, even as even as the medical staff is facing the fire of the coronavirus. And I and I have to tell you that, um, again, this you know this was a very it was a small but vocal minority, but but the counter offensive was not waged by us. It was it, it there have been so many. So many ordinary New Yorkers who have brought us cakes and um, signs and, you know, a Girl Scout troop that brought us cookies. And uh, just every night at 7, people gather around the perimeter of our hospital uh, in Central Park 
at 7 o'clock every night and just applaud these healthcare workers. So we have been touched uh, by the generous spirit of New York. And uh, despite this challenge of, of these groups who, who just truly hate us, um, we have felt very warmly welcomed by the people there. Well, the good news is they don't know you enough to hate you, but they hate who you serve. And That's right. The, That's right. The one you serve is able to take it, and he did take mm-hmm. it, and that's the whole point he of the has. cross. And and um, you know, and I look at the example that um, his first disciples set for us when they were were persecuted mm-hmm. and beaten. I remember Paul and Silas in yes. prison, yes. beaten and singing hymns. Mm-hmm. And so, as you guys look to those individuals as your model of okay, we're mm-hmm. going to stay the course. That's why I wanted to have you on the show. Um, because that type of bravery and conviction that you are keeping your eyes firmly fixed on Christ as you minister to other people, and you guys are elbows deep into the suffering of not only New Yorkers, but of our country and and around the world. And, and, um, and the world, the world as a, as a spiritual entity is not going to understand this. They're not going to even like Mm it, but, um, Mm -hmm. As I said to somebody when, you know, we put prosthetic legs on, on Gracie's fellow amputees. And I said, um, and I, I remember talking, I talked about this with Franklin one time. We were at Walter Reed. Uh, Gracie yeah. went up to Walter Reed a lot to meet with uh, wounded warriors. And and we were, th- I probably shouldn't say this on the air, Melissa, but so this is just you and me talking. But we were talking, <laughs> Franklin was asking about our work. And, and uh, <laughs> we... Sorry. I said, Franklin, we got so many people standing over there. It looks like a Benny Hand crusade being played backwards. Okay. And he, he didn't quite know how to respond to that. But I, um, but uh, but one of the things, Grace, that I came to understand, because we treat people of all faiths, doesn't matter, or no faith or whatever, right. but it's hard to hate someone who's helping your daughter walk. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And that's what we've learned. And we just stay on mission, stay on course, and... You know, we we just keep doing what we do, and we're not responsible for results. We're responsible to be good stewards. We're responsible to stay on mission for what God has done and let the Holy— I mean, I can't convert anybody. I can't change anybody's heart. We could put a leg on them, and you guys can minister to them, but ultimately the heart is way beyond our skills, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in, so we trust. And and you guys are doing this beautifully— and um, my hat is off to you. I know that the listeners of this audience um, are also praying for you, and, and I'm going to encourage them to t- continue doing so and to go out to Samaritan's Purse and get involved and help this work. It's a great work that you guys do. Every time I turn around, there's, if there's any kind of disaster anywhere, you guys just show up. I mean, y'all just y'all are on it like a pack of dogs on a three-legged cat. I mean, y'all just are there. <laughs> And that is extraordinary, and and, it, and the the level of volunteers and the staff and everybody. I mean, yeah. you just got you guys mobilized. I remember one time I was somewhere and I saw one of your planes, and um, I was traveling. I can't even remember where it was, and I just looked at that and I was I was just so moved because there you guys are and you're doing it. And um, mm. what are your thoughts as you interacted with people in New York who were struggling with this, who were suffering with this? Um, mm. did, did, what did you take away from that personally as you just watched families and individuals go through these yeah. things? And what, what did you take from that? Well, it's, um, it's a devastating disease. Um, it's, it's, it's unlike anything that I have seen in the world. Um, I had the great privilege of going into the wards uh, with the medical staff um, on occasion and worked a night shift um, with one of them for the full 12 hours and just to observe uh, their work. And one minute um, you would have someone who uh, was on a ventilator and appeared to be um, getting better or at least, uh, you know, had some level of strength. And within the hour, that person was just crashing. And the nurses, you know, uh, and doctors, uh, would just surround them and and work feverishly to bring them back from the brink. And um, then an hour later, that person would open their eyes and and not even be aware um, 
that that had just happened to them. But um, to walk into one of those tents and see that many people just struggling for air, just gasping and um, frail, uh, it, it does affect you. It does affect you. And um, you realize how life can turn on a dime. It's just we are really just a vapor and we never know when our time has come. And so it just, the mission of Christ is so critical. Uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's just another reminder, and, and I'm reminded of that so much in my work, but um, that, uh, that people need that hope. People need to, to, to see Him and know Him and experience His love and forgiveness. Uh, there, there's a tremendous urgency in that. There are times for me as a caregiver, and I've been doing this for a long time now. Uh, for I'm in my 34th year taking care of a woman with a broken body. And mm-hmm. there are times when you become so enraged and frustrated because mm-hmm. you feel so helpless. Um, you cannot... You can't you can't stem this tide. I mean, there, Gracie has right. to live with extreme pain all the time, and mm-hmm. and then she's dealing with all these other ancillary issues, and now this the the COVID nineteen and all this stuff, and you you feel helpless and you want to rage out, and I know that you guys see so much tragedy that you can't help but feel these moments when you just feel so frustrated that you can't do more. Mm-hmm. Where do you go to reorient yourself? What what does in your time with Christ, in your prayer time, in your scripture, or when you're just venting out, or what, what, what yeah. kind of reorients you with that? And if, by the way, if I get to the bottom of the hour, just hang on because I'm I'm going to keep you on as long as you'll stay on until you just hang up on me. Because um, <laughs> I love having you on here and I love your heart on this. But how do you how do you restock your your own heart on this? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, years ago, almost twenty years ago, uh, when my husband was diagnosed with MS. Um, we actually were living in New York City, um, so it's a city that is very close to my heart, and I, and I love it very much. And um, But the truth is, we, we attended church there, but we were not living as believers, and my husband was a, uh, was a raging alcoholic. Um, I had my own issues with um, financial recklessness, and, um, and then he got MS, and within a couple of years, we um, we were back home in North Carolina, which was devastating to me. Um, I, I really just didn't know how I would survive it, um, moving from this city that I loved because of his stupid MS, you know. And um, uh, but the truth is, we 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 were on the edge of divorce when we were there, and in that two years, uh, MS made us rely on the Lord so fully, and. Um, one day back in North Carolina, uh, I was praying and just begging God, well, heal him so we can go back to New York. Please heal him. Uh, and the Lord um, just really spoke to my heart and said, you know, I have. I have healed him. He, he's not drinking anymore. And you guys are focused on me again. And um your priorities are, are back where they should be. And, and I'm not saying the Lord gave him MS, but he has used disease to heal us. Um, well, and, 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 and he and, often does. Don't, don't, I hate to cut you off on that. Don't go away no, with that thought. Please hang on to that thought. We've got to take a quick break. Absolutely. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. We're talking with Melissa Strickland from Samaritan's Purse. Don't go away. 888-589-8840. 589-8840. Back to Hope for the Caregiver here on American Family Radio. That is my wife, Gracie. I love that when she sings that. He'll give you strength for your sorrow. Hope for tomorrow. And uh, if you want a copy of her record, go out to hopeforthecaregiver.com. Hopeforthecaregiver.com and just look at the music tab there and, and um, you, you can get one today. Um, it is a, it's an extraordinary project that she did. She's been singing for a long time and then she's even singing now while she's fighting back from this virus. 
and uh, it's just she's an extraordinary woman, and uh, we're just I'm just very proud of her. 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. We're talking with Melissa Strickland from Samaritan's Purse. She is a senior communications director, and um, she's also a caregiver. She gets the journey, and she understands it. She understands what it's like to um, have those late-night conversations with a ceiling fan, you know, and <laughs> when we are struggling. But but she, she gets the journey. And, um, Melissa, one of the things that we do on this show – is we include any type of chronic impairment, any type, and that includes alcoholism, addiction. Uh, if you're yeah. caring for someone who has any type of chronic impairment, you fit in the club yeah. to be the caregiver. And so you understand yeah. that journey as well, and, and you, you see um, the, the impact it has on people around when someone suffers, whether they're suffering from addiction yeah. or, in your husband's case, uh, alcoholism uh, and multiple sclerosis and you know, whatever we have we, autism to Alzheimer's and everything in between, we deal with it all yeah. on this show. And so you bring an enormous amount of wisdom. So you move back to, to North Carolina yeah. after living in New York. Uh, and yeah. then all of a sudden God started moving things around in ways that you didn't expect. And That's tell right. us a little bit more about that. Well, um, as I was saying, uh, you know, what, what I have learned um, through our journey with multiple sclerosis is that, um, you know, uh, God can use disease to heal. And that, and that always surprises people when I say that, but um, He has used it in our lives um, because without this, um, we, we, we're, not, um, we're not relying on Him daily. And so this is a a forced, a forced reliance, and but we see great blessing in it, great blessing. And uh, I, I would never have been uh, at Samaritan's Purse. I never would have been in New York City for this COVID nineteen response and seen all of the miracles that that we have seen personally in our journey with multiple sclerosis, as well as professionally in my career at Samaritan's Purse. I would have missed out on the fullness of what God had for me in life uh, if I had not been given this journey of caregiver. And my husband uh, would, would and has said the same thing, um, that, you know, MS uh, saved his life, uh, kept him from going down into a dark abyss of alcoholism. Um, he, he, his first attack, he was actually struck blind. Um, uh, his MS um, came on very strongly, and he he lost his sight. And he calls it his road to Damascus moment um, because he he was in the hospital, and I brought him. Of course, this was 20 years ago, so there were no iPhones. But I brought him his iPod, and um, with the Bible, still have one of those, and, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> they were great. I, I don't even I didn't even know they still existed, but. Uh, but his, you know, he, we loaded the Bible onto it, and he, because he couldn't see anything, he just laid in the hospital bed and listened to the Bible, and, and the Lord drew him back uh, to himself. And, and now he is, he is truly the wisest and most godly man uh, I think I've ever known, and it's such a privilege to be married to him and to learn from him. But, but none of that would have happened without disease, and so... As I go, uh, and this is actually something I shared with our medical personnel. I, I did one of our morning devotions. Uh, every morning uh, and every evening, the staff gathers together for prayer and devotion. And, and just to encourage them that the, the care that they're providing, that, you know, the Lord will use this in ways that we can't imagine. He can use all things for good, and He's the God of the impossible. And, and even coronavirus he can use to touch a heart and, and draw them into his kingdom, draw them to himself. And so I, I'm excited to see what God uh, will do uh, as people journey through this. You know, my, my pastor back in Nashville um, for many, many years, Jim Bachman, I just love him, dear friend. He often says to me, he uses sin sinlessly. Mm -hmm. And 
Isn't that mm. a great statement? Uh, there's is. there's nothing that he does not weave into mm. his providence and his sovereignty. Yeah. And um, that's comforting me. A lot of people get real weird about that. They're like, how could, how could, you know, I think this is something that people struggle with, you know, how could a good and loving God and, and <clears throat> Gracie, you know, missing both legs, all these kinds of things. Uh, mm-hmm. Her, um, her, she and Johnny Erickson Todd are very dear friends and they were on my show last okay. week and, and, um, yeah. you know, they've been friends for years and between the two of them, they got almost 90 years of disability. And mm-hmm. you think, and people ask them the question all the time, you know, how can you trust in a good loving God? Because they don't understand that there's something far greater than amputation. There's something far greater than COVID-19. There's something far greater than quadriplegia that he has saved us from. I heard um, mm-hmm. Max Cato say on um, Easter weekend, um, COVID-19 is a, is a travesty. It is, it is, yeah. it is a horrible affliction. But the yeah. virus of sin is a disaster, mm. and mm. and that is something that we 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 don't we don't think this way because we 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 want to feel better. And one of the things we talk about on this show for for, for family caregivers, we're never going to feel better about a lot of these things. Gracie's certainly not going to feel mm-hmm. better. I'm not going to feel better watching her go through it. But that's not the goal. The goal is not to feel better. It's to be better. That's and right. That's right. Your husband. Has has modeled that you have done that. What changed with you? What where did it where did it flip mm. with you? I know he had to sit there in a in a in a hospital with the, yeah. blind and listening to the Bible on an iPod. What about you? What flipped with you? I think um, you know just um, losing everything that I thought was so important. <laughs> uh, you know our apartment in in. Uh, in New York City, my life, my, you know, my, my stiletto heels walking down the street and, you know, weekends in the Hamptons with friends. and, and I, I had to give up my stiletto things. heels, too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. That was just a joke. Oh, goodness. But um, One time and you're labeled for life. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hope you have pictures of that. <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> No, I mean I can understand that giving up those things. Yeah. I mean, and 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 having your whole life upended. I, I get it. That's right. I get it. That's right. So everything you thought gave you meaning and purpose and identity was stripped away, um, just completely stripped away. And so, um, you know, it was it was heartache and suffering, but it was also opportunity, um, and it was opportunity to to find my true identity as a child of God. And, um, and that, that was a, a, a real journey, uh, for me. And actually, I think my husband, his name's Robinson, but Robinson, um, Robinson, you know, I, I, because his was, um, physically devastating in the way it was, um, he, he got on track a lot faster than I did. <laughs> and I, I, I guess I'm just a more rebellious spirit. Um, uh, but, but, it it was a journey for me to to really understand where my identity was and uh even going back to new york you know these past 3 weeks um there was this sense of of nostalgia and um at first and oh gosh i really miss this city and i wish i had never left and um and then in my prayer time you know the lord the lord said no look where you are now look what you're doing Look what you have the opportunity to be part of, and look at the miracles you would have missed out on, um, and and re- really realigned my thinking. You know, even in that first week, just a few weeks ago in New York, when I was feeling nostalgic. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I, I pray every day that Robinson will be healed, um, and I still believe that 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 is within the Lord's capacity if that's His will, um, but. But if it's not his will, then then our prayer is just, you know, keep us steadfast in the journey. And, um, you know, I, was talk- and, and not- I was talking with Gracie about that last night. She never turns down a prayer for healing. Uh, mm-hmm. Johnny's the same way. And, and uh, we've had lots of um, conversations about this on air and, pu- and privately. And I um, but I, I saw something in Gracie. I took a picture of her last night. Um, and it's an extraordinary picture, and I, I noticed how beautiful she 
she is. And this is a woman who has taken it on the chin uh, mm. with a lot of suffering. I've been there. I've been there 34 mm-hmm. years and more hospital rooms than I want to count. But I think the difference is, is that, and I looked at Johnny, I saw a picture of Johnny when, when, when they were coming on the show and we FaceTime went all, and I, and I look at these two women who have grown in beauty in the midst of tremendous suffering. Uh, just mm-hmm. take a moment to, to go out and just Google Johnny's pictures or Gracie's pictures, and you'll see two women who are just getting more beautiful as they age. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that for Gracie, I told her that is told, uh, that she has made, she has wrestled with this and come to the understanding that she is not fighting with Christ to deliver her from this, but she has made peace with the fact that he's in this wheelchair or in these prosthetic legs in this suffering with her. And because of that, she's not striving for him to take this affliction from her, but to sustain her in it. And she's certainly willing to have her body healed and, and wants to, but she's not striving against it. And she has, Right. She is trusting God in it. And it sounds like that's the same thing with your husband and now with you mm-hmm. and with me way back in the back because I'm a slow learner. But <laughs> the, when we come to the point where we stop fighting with God to make it better for us and realize that he already is in it with us, that's, that's an extraordinary right. thing, isn't it? Oh, it's amazing. My husband says suffering has a shelf life. Uh, and so we will be whole someday. And in the meantime, he's with us. That is, just, that is just beautiful words, Melissa. Melissa, thank you so much for taking the time. I'll let you go here. It's, it's, uh, you need to rest and relax after all your journey here. But I really appreciate you being here with us on the show. Melissa Strickland from Samaritan's Purse. Samaritan'sPurse.org. Get involved today. Melissa, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. This is Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Roseberger. Don't go away. we got one more segment. 888-589-8840. Have you ever helped somebody walk for the first time? I've had that privilege many times through our organization, Standing with Hope. When my wife, Gracie, gave up both of her legs following this horrible wreck that she had as a teenager, and she tried to save them for years, and it just wouldn't work out, and finally she relinquished them and thought, wow, this is it. I mean, I don't have any legs anymore. What can God do with that? And then... She had this vision for using prosthetic limbs as a means of sharing the gospel, to put legs on her fellow amputees, and that's what we've been doing now since 2005 with Standing with Hope. We work in the West African country of Ghana, and you can be a part of that through supplies, through supporting team members, through supporting the work that we're doing over there. You could designate a limb. There's all kinds of ways that you could be a part of giving the gift that keeps on walking at standingwithhope.com. Would you take a moment to go out to Standing with Hope? Dot com and see how you can give. And they go walking and leaping and praising God. You can be a part of that at standingwithhope.com. This is what we were created for. The saddle of your horses. We got a trail to play. Through the wild, through yonder. God's amazing grace. Let's Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver here on American Family Radio. I am Peter Rosenberger. This is the nation's number one show for you as a family caregiver. Did you like the interview with Melissa uh, on Samaritan's Purse? Wasn't that great? If you want that, you can go out and, uh, and, and please and share it with others by going out to our podcast. We podcast the show. We podcast um, special videos, uh, music, all kinds of stuff. It's free. And you can go out and right now to it and, and follow along and subscribe and share this with people. Uh, it's a powerful message. We try to have interesting interviews on here and perspectives and things to help strengthen you along your journey as a caregiver. Now, as I say these things right now, for those of you now just joining, my wife um, has the virus. She was tested positive for it. She has struggled through it. She has come through it. She's doing okay. Um, she hasn't had to be hospitalized. We've taken care of her here in the home, but now they're convinced that I have it. And so they're going to test me with that new antibody test on Monday to see if I have antibodies. I have not been very symptomatic other than, hang on a second, (coughs) a really persistent cough. And I have, I've ordered a cough button here for the show and, um, and it hasn't gotten here. I don't know where it is, but we live in the 
in the in rural Montana, so sometimes the dog sleds take a while to get here with the mail. But they're going to test me and see if I have antibodies for it, and if I do, they want my blood, and they're going to distribute uh, those antibodies out to other folks. And then the good news is a lot of people are going to get great TV preacher quality hair out of that. No, I'm just kidding. And so it's um it's it's quite a journey to go through these things. Uh, and as caregivers, this show is all about you staying healthy and strong. Now, my cough could be the COVID-19. It could be the fact that I get in the barn every day and feed horses. I don't know. We're going to find out on Monday. So stay tuned for next week. How about that? And I'll let you know uh, for next week's show. Uh, I haven't had a fever and um, every now and then I get a headache and I, I get tired. But then again, I've been a caregiver for 34 years. What do you expect? That's kind of part of the journey. You, I mean, I would imagine as a caregiver, you're tired and you, you get a headache periodically. And, uh, you know, maybe I, I just thought about something. Maybe I need to turn off cable news more and it'll help my headache. That's probably it. That's probably it. Uh, so I... I I just appreciated her coming on and talking about what they're doing in New York. Would you would you commit to praying for them? I mean, they're doing it, man. I mean, they sh- everywhere there's a disaster, they show up. And so I, I was just really moved when I saw the president at the um, at one of those press conferences that have turned into basically WWE SmackDown, and it's kind of funny to watch. And these guys, these reporters, just keep showing up for more. I mean, they just love a beating, and it's. Um, but I, 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 the president was talking about Franklin Graham, and he said, this is a man who loves what he does. And he turned and looked at him directly at the reporters, and he said, and this is a man who really loves Jesus. And I thought, wow, that was it was very moving. And and so I think we as believers have a responsibility to pray for them and support them if we can and in and, and whatever way we can do. They're doing it. They show up, and they do this. And I've had the privilege of meeting Franklin. We did a service with he and his team um, um, some years back at Walter Reed uh, to mark the 50th anniversary of his father's big crusade there at Walter Reed. And they came back and, and um, Gracie sang for that. And it was, it was real meaningful time. And um, these are people who are serious people who do a serious work and they need your prayers and support. So I would, I would highly recommend doing that. And, um, but, but do take advantage of the podcast and, and send this interview out to folks and let them know about it. Uh, I think it'll be a source of encouragement. If it was encouraging to you today, then go out and subscribe to it. You go to hopeforthecaregiver.com. It's all there, hopeforthecaregiver.com, and you can see some of the others. We had Johnny Erickson Tata last week. Um, we've had uh, Shonda Pierce recently. We've had we had Larry the Cable Guy. And uh, so we, we're trying to do things that are help strengthen and lighten caregivers' hearts through tough times. And I think, you know what, if it helps a caregiver, it's going to help someone else. So share it with others at hopeforthecaregiver.com. And while you're there, look around the site, see what you can glean from it. And if you can be involved in what we're doing and support what we're doing, do that. Get involved. And, uh, and for any amount, I'll send you a copy of Gracie's CD. Um, my friend Homer in Oklahoma. Homer, thanks for Good waiting so long. How are you feeling? Peter, I'm well, and your radio show and interview with Melissa just elevated my spirit, raised my spirit mightily. Uh, I am encouraged, as are many, many more, by her witness, because Franklin Graham and Samaritan's Purse is a group of volunteers uh, not going out into the debris field to pad a resume or gain compensation that's strictly to help. Uh, putting uh, boots to the gospel, and I can't praise you enough for partnering with her and putting that on the air this morning. Thank you. Well, wasn't she? Wasn't she just as uh, inspiring and as insightful and as meaningful as you would would imagine they would be? I mean, it was just it was it was you could just tell it's almost like breathing to these people to minister. Yes, and oh, it, and yes. They, they're just they're just extraordinary group of individuals who do this. And now, you know, normally when you go fight a tornado or something like that, you're not dealing with all the the, the politics of it. But now they got this uh, very vocal group that has come out with just just hate, and 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 members of Congress have joined their voices with them. And uh, there's so much yeah. hate 
that we have uh, we've that, that has just been unleashed in our society, and um, so we I think we have a responsibility to help support these people in any way we can with our prayers, with our financial support, whatever we can do. I think we have a responsibility to do it because they're they're literally walking into war zones, and um, and they're bringing the hope of the gospel in that in a profound, tangible way. So, Homer, thank you for saying that, and you behave yourself out there in Oklahoma, all right? Oh, I'm standing in the fray. I'm still on my feet, and God is using me in mighty ways. It's a blessing. So thank you again. I told um, somebody said when, when they saw Gracie was up walking after a long time because uh, she'd had a problem with her limbs, and uh, they said, it's so good to see her on her feet. And I said, and her feet on her. Uh, okay, that was funny to, that was funny to me. Uh, listen, Homer, thanks so much for the call, and uh, sure. keep listening. And thank you very much for taking the time to call this morning, all right? God bless you. Okay, have a Thank good you, buddy. And this is what this show is all about, is strengthening, equipping you with, with tangible help as a caregiver. What does that always look like? It's hard to know. It is truly hard to know. And I speak fluent caregiver here, so I want to make sure you have in your in your hands and in your heart uh, uh, something that is pointing you to safety. And okay, we, we're dealing with this as a nation now. We're dealing with these these terrible things. It's very real and personal. It's personal in my family now. I mean, it doesn't get much more personal for us than it does right now. And Gracie keeps telling me I'm in denial. And I said, well, I don't feel much different about it, you know. And she said, well, you got it. And <clears throat> so evidently, I don't know. I don't maybe a carrier. I don't know what I am. Um, who knows, but other caregivers right now understand that we are at risk for this and it's important that you keep your immune system strong. And I do that by the way, and I work hard to do it, work hard to eat healthy and drink a lot of water, a lot of vitamin C, you know, I take out some nutraceuticals that, that have really helped me a lot. And you can see more about that at, at hopeforthecaregiver.com and, um, whatever I do, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, to, be active and healthy. Uh, so, because if I'm not healthy, what happens to Gracie? And if you're not healthy, if you're not healthy, what happens to your loved one? And it's always about stewardship. Always about it. Are you being a good steward of you? And during this time while we're quarantined, you could get, um, uh, there's, there's, you could stream music, uh, from our songs from the caregiver, my audio book is available, and uh, you can go out and get it uh, at Audible, Amazon Audible. It's you know you can listen to that. The podcast is free. I have over four hundred episodes on the podcast. Take advantage of it. Listen to it. Um, we we try to be goofy. I have a lot of stand up comedians that come on the show. Um, we try to do a lot of things that are going to help strengthen and equip you for this journey, keeping a lighter heart, keeping a sense of humor about these things. These are important things. Don't think that they're not because they are. You don't survive something as long as Gracie and I have without keeping a sense of humor. And, and it's, it's really important that, that we do that. And I remember when I first started doing radio, Jeff Foxworthy told me, make them laugh, Peter. You know more than most how difficult this journey is, and they need to have that pressure release valve of laughter. Not stupid laughter where we're just, you know, laughing insanely, but but we could we could have a lighter heart in this, even while we face difficult challenges. We've got plenty of tears, but do we have a a, um, a good supply of laughter in our hearts? Do you have that? You know, and and that's why I do what I do on this show. That's why I'm, I'm here is to help us all as caregivers get to a place of safety. Because if our hearts and our heads are squirrely and they get that way, then our wallets, our bodies, our jobs, everything are soon to follow. But if we can get our hearts and our heads right, we... The rest of us have, the rest of our life has a, a fighting chance. You're going to make terrible financial decisions if your head is squirrely. 
So this is why we do what we do here on this show. And I'm very grateful to American Family Radio for letting me do it. And I'm grateful to you for giving me an hour of your time on Saturday mornings. And I hope we've left you better than we found you. Okay? Go to hopeforthecaregiver.com. Hopeforthecaregiver.com. We'll see you next week. This is Peter Rosenberg. Thanks. Hey, healthy caregivers make better caregivers. You've heard me talk about Standing with Hope over the years. This is the prosthetic limb ministry that Gracie envisioned after losing both of her legs. Part of that outreach is our prosthetic limb recycling program. Did you know that prosthetic limbs can be recycled? No kidding. There is a correctional facility in Arizona that helps us recycle prosthetic limbs. And this facility is run by a group out of Nashville called Core Civic. And we met them over 11 years ago. And they stepped in to help us with this recycling program of taking prostheses and you disassemble them. You take the knee, the foot, the pylon, the tube clamps, the adapters, the screws, the liners, the prosthetic socks, all these things we can reuse and inmates help us do it. Before CoreCivic came along, I was sitting on the floor at our house or out in the garage and when we lived in Nashville and I had tools everywhere, limbs everywhere and feet, boxes of them and so forth. And I was doing all this myself and I'd make the kids help me. And it got to be too much for me. And so I was very grateful that CoreCivic stepped up and said, look, we are always looking for faith-based programs that are interesting and that give inmates a sense of satisfaction. And we'd love to be a part of this. And that's what they're doing. And you can see more about that at standingwithhope.com slash recycle. So please help us get the word out that we do recycle prosthetic limbs. We do arms as well, but the majority of amputations are, are lower limb. And that's where the focus of Standing With Hope is. And that's where Gracie's life is with her lower limb prostheses. And she's used some of her own limbs in this outreach uh, that she's recycled. I mean, she's been an amputee for over 30 years. So you go through a lot of legs and parts and other types of materials, and you can reuse prosthetic socks and liners if they're in good shape. All of this helps give the gift that keeps on walking, and it goes to this prison in Arizona where uh, it's such an extraordinary ministry. Think about that. Inmates volunteering for this. They want to do it, and they've had uh, amazing times with it, and I've had very moving conversation with the inmates that work in this program. And you can see, again, all of that at standingwithhope.com slash recycle. They're putting together a big shipment right now for us to ship over. We do this pretty regularly throughout the year as inventory rises, and they need it badly in Ghana. So please uh, go out to standingwithhope.com slash recycle and get the word out and help us do more. If you want to offset some of the shipping, you can always go to the giving page and be a part of what we're doing there. We're purchasing material in Ghana that they have to use that can't be recycled. We're shipping over stuff that can be, and we're doing all of this to lift others up and to point them to Christ. And that's the whole purpose of everything that we do, and that is why Gracie and I continue to be Standing With Hope. Standingwithhope.com Take my hand